0: Weird Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash WeirdThings. Support the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Intermeen, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. And Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. Gentlemen, too much, yeah, too much
0: Brian might be coming in hot. He might, yeah, he might. We're not going right. to promise a Brian, but if a Brian shows up, just know that you were warned. Please, no screaming when the Brian.
1: Shows no scream. You're ready for yeah. it. Yeah, please contain your enthusiasm. What do you think? This is Alan. Come on. Exactly. I know, so, right, uh, gentlemen. Yeah, I need two investigators. I need two whip smart, yep. intelligent, deductive reasoning capable people. To help solve a mystery.
2: Well, I don't know where we'll find two of them I at know, such short I mean, notice, but
1: yeah, uh, I we'll mean, to use you guys instead?
0: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, my name is um, Greg. Uh, uh, found it. I am a. <laughs> uh-huh. I am. I am. I am an outgrown child detective. So I was a very, you, a very adorable <laughs> child detective. Now I'm just kind just of a regular detective. A normal adult private investigator. Greg
2: found it. Greg found it. Yeah uh, And of it's course I'm Eric
1: Greg Khaki
2: Yeah <laughs> and, and I'm Eric Seenit I've Yeah uh, uh, seen His, his S- movie reviewer friend <laughs> Yeah it's with a C S-C-E-E uh, And uh, uh, I've seen I've I've seen things I'm mean, Eric Seenit
1: Every episode of uh, Mrs. Columbo I've seen HX it Exactly That I've he watches mm-hmm. And that's, right. my, very confused that's, that's my That's v- my very confused by v- he was very confused by Voyager. What is, what is Mrs. Columbo doing? Ah, just, I've I seen, seen it, but I don't know what's sequence. going on. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right, so you
1: Gentlemen, got it. I'm going to take you to the scene of a death.
0: <gasps> oh, my God. You hate it when this one happens, huh, partner? I would love to not have this happen every single time. Yeah, it's yet- a real uh, humdinger, you know, cir- circle of
2: life and all. We I- we're only born to die. Yeah, I would maybe keep the modeling stuff a little quiet. This is an active crime scene. Yeah,
0: well, I'm not. It's not modeling. Right. I'm just commenting on the fact that there's a death here. We all need to process it better, I think, as a society. Yeah, but I think we need to clean the blood up first before we really start processing. I mean, who am I offending? The police? So,
1: I, I guess I don't. Is is good the, news. Let the the me good open my news, eyes. This happened. This happened millions of years ago. So we're good. Oh, Uh-oh. don't you have egg on your face? Seen it? <laughs> I've got Bronto's yeah. my at. face. Exactly. You got prehistoric egg on your face, you Ugh. dork. Wake me when you're done.
0: I'm done. <laughs> I'm sorry. You brought in two <laughs> <laughs> investigators. You wanted investigators. We're investigating.
1: Oh my god! Uh, I'm going to start striking other stories from here because <laughs> we're going to get through this one. Uh, we're we're in North Dakota. Okay. Okay. And. We're at Dakota. a site, and, and we're in looking at a Thesclosaurus leg.
0: That Thes- Uh
1: There's actually there's also the skin of a Triceratops. You know, mm. we're, we're looking at some looking at some body parts here. <laughs> okay, right?
2: the skin like uh, are we talking well, about
1: fossilized skin? Like fossilized skin rice. Yeah, Yeah,
2: it's not like like snake skin or something like that. No, but I mean, are we talking like a... uh, fl- are we talking flakes of skin or stretches? It's like, petrified skin, I don't know, man. Bryce, piece yeah. of
1: skin. Like, I'm just... like, I. I'm, hold everybody. Pause the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm hopping onto a plane. I'm going to North Dakota because yeah. I got questions. I thought that's what we were doing on the podcast. <laughs> does it matter if it's if it's
0: if it's how, a, I, a, a, a fleck or enough to make a jacket? Just, like, are are I, you yeah, trying? Bryce,
1: how does that enter into your calculation? Is there a spreadsheet here exactly. you're going to pull up and enter... how does this oh, load so <laughs> Sorry, guys. Did you say nine point three millimeters or nine point four? Because that makes a world of difference. I'm just
2: asking: Are we measuring in millimeters or are we measuring in, million, in meters? I need enough for a loom. <laughs> found a loom it. I,
0: I of Triceratops skin, please. <laughs> now I expect this from the narrator, but found it. You're my partner. No, You're I know. <laughs> seen it. That's you. That's my version of you at at Joanne's. <laughs> Oh, my, asking like, for asking for this—that's my skin.
2: Joanne's is my special place. Please.
1: I mean, imagine like a thigh-sized piece of skin. Okay. A
2: thigh-sized. Thigh okay. That's that's actually helpful. Very much. Okay. Thigh-sized. in oh, seven oh, years oh, ago. Shut up, <laughs> 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 Okay, so there was a murder here millions of years ago. We're in North Dakota. There's some skin.
1: deaths. We don't know what you, you're jumping ahead here. All we oh. know is we've got the body, we've got the leg of a uh, thescalosaurus we got some skin from a triceratops and we're trying to figure out what happened here
0: i think we can rule out natural causes <laughs> Pro- probably probably likely i don't think that dinosaurs despite all of their myriad amazements die by having
2: their Limbs fall off and their skin be extricated from their bodies Yeah, I feel like if there was a dinosaur plague A bubonic dinosaur plague yeah. We would have heard about it We would have found vos- fossilized bubonic plague
0: Also, even animals. the bubonic plague didn't
2: have skin fall off And legs fall off That's right, yeah It,
0: it, it just killed them they It would just be regular So I think
2: I was thinking of leprosy
0: I think this is some kind of foul play. I think that this these dinosaurs were murdered by another dinosaur. Oh. Now who would have so the
1: I'm means and motives. I'm gonna <laughs> add some more to it. I'm gonna add some complications, okay? All right. Okay. Uh one of the I think the person working the site, his name is Robert De Palma, relative of Brian De Palma. Really? And he named the site Tanis, the resting place of the Ark of the Covenant, in Legends of the Lost Ark.
2: Oh oh that's a fun fact wait a minute
1: yeah
0: Uh, i'm starting to have a little uh secondary thoughts here about the veracity of our evidence uh uh this guy seems like a real look at me louie you think we don't have a real dinosaur leg and Uh, skin can i uh, uh, how 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 peer-reviewed is this narrator
1: There's some, uh, let's say, some people in the community are like, hey, we're not so sure, we agree with the findings here and some of the circumstances in which these things are published, but let's just go with the theory. Let's just sort of explore the theory of what happened here.
0: Well, I mean, if, if we if we are to believe the evidence, and let's put a pin in whether or not we do, okay. uh, I would say that the most likely thing that, that happened is that there would be some kind of super predator that would have ripped these uh, other animals apart. Uh, uh, these, the, you know, a, a super dinosaur that w- just uh, went on a, a, a rampage, ripping off
2: limbs and skin as if it were, you know, just something to do. A, me- a mega dinosaur, a, a next level up on an the, apex. On the apex, yeah, an apex you know. dinosaur predator, S-
1: something out of Jurassic world dominion you know the, the something like that yeah
0: whatever they always uh, got to keep doing a new it's like oh
1: that's the great feature create theory creep. that is absolutely you guys no because there's oh. no bite marks or claw marks guys oh what? maybe it just ripped it apart is that what you're saying yeah sure Some yeah it's all hands yeah they're pretty the, big tortoise. the <laughs> Yeah, the, the opposable thumb,
0: yeah. thumb rack. Pull-apart-a-saurus. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they just love pulling things apart. Like uh, like like uh, uh, Christmas crackers that the British Wait, have. Throw
1: a stretch Armstrong at his path and it will run away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. He can't do it. He's do just it. so pissed. <laughs> oh. So ah, Stretchesaurus! You know we got you this time. So no
2: scratch marks, no
0: bite marks. Are huh? there
2: are there any indications of sawing or um, tools having been used?
1: <laughs> it's the Damerosaurus. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Hold on. Was uh, no. this
0: the dinosaur mafia where they were trying to <laughs> dispose of the evidence?
2: Were there four cement shoes located nearby?
1: Yeah. Uh, no evidence of sawing. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> head Ganosaurus. <laughs> uh okay yeah
0: uh, i'm 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 unpinning my pin that i put in the fact that i think that this is this is fraudulent i believe this well, is we'll fraudulent just assume
1: that it's let's assume that's legit let's assume it's legit. okay, okay. so no we, okay. we
0: want
2: to move forward here okay a no. skin and a detached leg from from the dinosaur times all right
1: And I like when we say dinosaur times, which last way, way longer than our times. Um, Absolutely. So I'll throw in some other little findings there. You ready? Uh Oh, Okay, I'm going to complicate it. I'm
2: seeing the the scene of the
0: crime. This is too simple. We should probably complicate it so it makes it more interesting.
1: They found a fish, a turtle, the embryo of a flying petrosaur encased in an egg, and glass-like particles of molten rock lodged in the gills of fish fossils.
2: Gas? Glass-like particles? What the hell is going on here? <gasps> Andrew, did a dinosaur get blown up by a thunderbolt? No. Uh, no. That would have been very cool. Because in my head, like, oh, you know, when, when thunder strikes uh, beaches, it makes, like, glass uh, yeah. pieces.
1: Fulgurites, yeah. So, uh, but I want you to follow that. Because remember, we, we, I just said... Found fish there too with glass particles in their gills.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I would assume that there was probably a different layer of the land back then. So maybe there are lakes in places that there are not
2: lakes today. How do you get? Gla- how do you get glass that is not man-made? Maybe the water, the water. boiled. Boiled water. Oh,
1: it boiled.
2: Oh, did it? It, did it zap like a, not, did it zap was like it, the Was beach? it like a spring? Like the
0: volcano? Underwater you a... volcano?
1: No, no, no. Mm. You want to hear the time, the estimated time when this yes. happened? Yes, absolutely. Yes. 66, million, 66 million years ago.
2: Mm. Narrowing it down. I'm trying to remember where I was 66 million years ago. I know okay. how, how young something. we were. Uh, glass, so far, uh, could it, oh, could it be? Uh, a meteor?
1: Dun, dun, dun! The claim is this was the evidence of the strike that took out the dinosaurs. What? This is all the way up in North Dakota, but they show a map of where this hit, that stuffed debris went flying. Remember, there's something the size of a mountain. Hit in the middle of, like, the Yucatan, which is what, you know, we say that led to the climactic collapse that killed the dinosaurs in, like, a very short period of time killed the—excuse me, the non-avian dinosaurs— And so they say this is evidence of the violence of the impact and that like the fish and stuff were thrown, that these were these dinosaurs, the shockwaves ripped them apart. What?
2: Oh my gosh.
0: What? So that's the claim, the claim that this is the, the, the the receipts of, of the, the, the final moments of, 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 of the dinosaurs. But, uh, uh, let, let's, can we get now into the, the, uh, a pushback here that, that some folks are not, uh, not, not, not in love with so this reporting.
1: The the, the, the part, the challenge that it is that, uh, that it's pointed out. And again, I don't, we don't, we don't know anything here. So if we, if we improperly impugn the reputation of anybody here, uh, I want to just apologize ahead of time. Yeah. So, yeah. um,
0: this is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> this is not legal advice. This is not
1: legal advice. Not medical advice.
2: This uh, astrological advice.
1: Uh, this is from Science Alert. While paleontologists usually cede their rights in curation of fossils to institutions, De Palma, who had collected a few academic laurels until the discur- who had collected few academic laurels until the discovery of the site, insists on contractual clauses that give him oversight over the specimens. He has controlled how the fossils are pre- presented. In response to the article, Kate Wong, scientific Science editor, of Scientific Erica, said in a 2019 tweet, the findings on the site have met with a good deal of skepticism from the paleontology community. Uh, a few peer-reviewed papers have since been published, and the BBC said that a dig team promises more. So they're doing a whole documentary about this. So uh, this is like, and other people seem to think that this has evidence of it. So it's not, it's not like, this so isn't is like this- a pale-
0: Gotcha. Yeah. It's not like They're someone not French
1: paleontology. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This isn't a situation where, where we're going to see pictures and it's, it it's obviously like PVC
1: pipe or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. That'd <laughs> be hilarious. Uh, it's a Pivasaur. Oh my. Yeah. No, I think it, it might be uh, paleontology. There's whole Dino Wars entire book written about this. That is a very, very, you, you mix, you mix like the, the history of like, frontier cattle barons with scientific exploration and the you know the drama of that can you get the hunt for dinosaurs
0: so. i was gonna say yeah i don't think either of those archetypes particularly breed a magnanimous attitude of of, of cooperation there there's there's a lot of you know kind of a, a, a gold rush instinct in in both of those fields of, of finding the thing and proving the thing
1: yeah uh so cool i i look for like you know we we can't you know people who are you know outliers you can't just dismiss whatever they're saying and yeah a lot of really crazy sort of things that we now accept is well that's the truth started on the fringe of like we have evidence like that can you really like hey we we heard the sound in this this radio telescope and we think it's the big bang like what yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. It is the Big Bang. I guess my my so, only
0: my only thought on this is that I had never really thought of the idea that we were lacking in evidence of this. I I, I thought that it, that was.
1: It, it, remember, this is like the day that it happened. Yeah. So think about this. Literally, the day that it happened would be when this would have happened. So that's the hard part is because is day might have that. Stri- yeah, because remember that no. the the this took uh, it took years and years and years for the dinosaurs to go extinct and. The idea that you're seeing physical trauma or things like that that were like that's really kind of amazing and like if you look at the 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 zone in which they look through so you might find a dinosaur that may have died on the day but all the way around the other side of the world because it was just you know uh, carbon monoxide poisoning or something or mm, yeah. you know but literally it was literally it was more like they would have starved out or died a while later because of uh, the basically shutting down a big part of the uh, plant life on our planet uh,
0: well, here's something that's less than shut
1: down. What is? In
0: fact, it's functioning optimally. Oh. And that is the Patreon for this very podcast. Ah, uh, where can I get that? Patreon.com slash things
2: Bryce. Thank you.
0: It's stupid, you didn't know that. But, <laughs> but I'm glad that we were able to say the name because it's an audio podcast and people need to hear it. Patreon.com slash things is where you can support this show. Kick us a little bread. You're going to get early access to the After Things podcast, which is all about how it? to live and work as a creative professional by folks who live and work as creative professionals head on over oh, right us. now. Oh, that's us. us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, it's us. Well. You know, uh, come on. Uh, dust off the <laughs> resume, give some, give some advice. Patreon.com slash weird things.
1: So I want to do just a little, little plug here for some work at an organization that I work for, which is called open AI. Oh, this is and- good stuff. Yeah, so we released last week uh, Dolly Two, Dolly, which you, some of you may remember, was an image generation system. Dolly Two is a really new, improved system for basically taking any text input and turning it into an image, and it is a very exciting hot field. Let me clear: there are other people, researchers, who've been doing some amazing things uh, in in text to image generation, and uh, you know, I personally feel like this is a really big leap forward because the way it works and how it does. And if you look at the quality of images that it's been generating, people have been going nuts.
0: And yeah. So. Uh, uh, some of the reaction to this has been uh, uh, very, very interesting. And I would, love, I would love to have a larger conversation about it. But for folks who are not seeing the images right now, Dolly 2 is the latest version of this AI model where you, in plain English can just type things like uh, a koala dunking a basketball and it will show uh, you a koala dunking a basketball. More than that, you can say in the style of whatever, whatever style you can think of,
2: and it will give you that image that you just that you just said Uh, it is. And you can take an image and say, hey, change the image in this way. uh, And it will. So you can take a picture of a dog and say make it a cat and it will replace the dog with a cat.
1: And you can give it like a classic painting or illustration of something and it will create variations of it that look incredibly, same style, but looking different directions, different ways of, you know, it's, it gets the, you know, it, the, there, we have a paper linked to it online, which if you're interested in the technical details, but the idea is that it tries to deconstruct what is the the gestalt of an image you know what 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 makes the thing why is this photo of a dog interesting from the or the painting from the style whatever and it says okay well i could have the dog face the other direction or maybe i can make the dog sit on a blue chair instead of a red chair or do all these things so it's completely generating these images and i have people who go like is it is this like google search is like no like these images don't exist and It's exciting. The styles, if you go there, we have an interactive tool so you can play around and see the different ways in which these images are created. And, you know, you can say, I want teddy bears in the style of this or doing that. Uh, It's been playing with this for the last several months. has been insane to see this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a... As a creative tool, and to think about this, is that you still need a person telling it what you want to do. You still need a person selecting for this. And we look at these tools to amplify creativity. They're not a replacement for it. They're an amplifier for it. And you, as an existing artist, you could take this tool and you could use it to create variations and do different things. And it it really is not like the goal is not to say therefore art is solved. Well, no, it's like here's it's therefore here's another tool.
0: Uh, The reaction has been. Fascinating. Uh, 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 Obviously, this is a very, very interesting application of AI. I have long thought that uh, the, the gulf between where AI is and where it will eventually be are regular people understanding exactly what the power here is and not just sort of making it into a metaphor for magic. Uh, at the same time, though, when you see the power of this, you see some of the reactions, which I think one of them uh, <laughs> asked how demonic this tool was, uh, 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 considering that it might be an affront to art. But I, I think your your take is is correct, at least from my perspective, Andrew, which is uh, this only gives more tools to artists and, and uh, uh, does not, I think, take away anything from it, at least my yeah. perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, the camera... When it came out it was revolutionary and it was frightening and you had some people who thought well there goes you know the art the whole art of making silhouettes or whatever and it it just became now people learning how to use camera you still to figure out where to aim it what to do and, and it just it gave us so much more capability to sort of capture the world around us and this is a tool for kind of capturing what you're thinking about and when you start thinking about really cool kind of imagery like i my editor i wanted to thank my editor so I looked on his Twitter timeline, and I saw that he had a couple photos of squirrels, and he liked Magic the Gathering, so I made a magical squirrel, you know, casting spells over books. And, and it was just a neat just, way to see. Boom.
0: Wow. It's done. Yeah. You write that thing, and you have a version of that. And uh, I, I will say that compared to Dolly 1, the images here are stunning. Like, like they yeah. are, they are, uh, uh, at times photorealistic at times inc- incredibly artistically rich. Uh, uh, the, 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 the breadth of styles are, you know, almost night and day from some of the images that would come out mm-hmm. of Dolly one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I did. I did one that went viral, which, uh, Bryce just showed, which was my space raccoon. I did a, uh, uh, a raccoon astronaut with a cosmos reflecting on the glasses of helmet, dreaming of the stars. And you get this. It's now it's a, a
0: wistful raccoon it's, looking into space. It's
2: perfect.
1: It's at okay. 3,694 likes and 500 retweets because in a lot of people who are like skeptical about AI were like, this really sold it to me. Now I, I look at this and I go, cool. To me, like that part of the thing that people respond to is, you know, how much the AI has learned about puppy dog eyes and how to make things look wistful and sad there really is, like this image here, which was, I did a raccoon wearing a hoodie working on his laptop, and a lot of people are impressed by the light, because you, you yeah. see it at night, and the light's coming from the laptop, you see the fingers, and it's light transmission, it, it understands that, it learned that from these images, and to, things like that are really interesting to me, like, how much does it understand, and it breaks apart, too. Let me be clear, like, go, go to openai.com, go take a look at there, and you'll see fail scenarios, and I... I want to make it very clear like this is an evolving technology. This is not solved by any by any means. There's more complex ways to to create images that humans can do that this cannot do. Yeah. Uh you know, we don't we haven't, you know, built this thing yet to do text. It'll sort of do text and it's funny cuz it'll misspell stuff. Um you know, there's a lot of limitations from a technical point of view of what it can't do and and there may be some wall out there that we don't know about. It's possible that there could be something like, oh, there's an ultimate limit to what you can do. But, man, like, we, you'll see some teddy bear examples. And that came from when I was playing with it. I was trying to think of, like, what are cool real-world objects that you could use? And so I started doing teddy bears. And the first thing I did was a teddy bear and a hall of mirrors. Uh-huh. And watching it create reflections of the teddy bear in the hall of mirrors was really cool. So wow. you have a look at your face. Uh, that's oh, okay. No, that's a great idea. No, Bri- Bryce, is, cool. Bryce is
0: scrolling yeah. through all of these examples here. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, some of them are just remarkable. Like, it, it I, I can understand why, on first blush, if you made your living doing art, that you would say, What you would look at these images and think, how long would this take me to to do? and, mm-hmm. and, and, and have. Maybe a little bit of a John Henry and Inky Poo kind of of moment. Uh, But at the same time, uh, uh, I think in the hands of artists, we're going to see some exceptional stuff as this continues to go. We've
1: seen... We the internally, like first the, our team that worked on Dali, they play around with it and they're super clever guys and they're very, very conscientious too about thinking about the impact of how they look at this as an ability to give people who don't have artistic abilities a way to express themselves, to give other people this like kind of a, a way to increase, you know, everybody's potential to express themselves that. And we talk about like there's when internally working with them and the stuff that they came up with and, you know, the stuff like I, my dumb ideas. And then broadly within the organization when more people try it, but we're always like, we can't wait to see what other people will do with it because there are people are going to think of things we never thought of. And we've been seeing that where we have a tool, the edit tool where you can go take over part of the image and say like, change this and do that or the variations. And we're watching people make animations now and watching things growing, like doing like ground and seeds growing out of the ground and doing all kinds of like, you know, we, I didn't think of that. You know, I don't remember anybody talking about. Hey, you could do this. Maybe some of those people on that team did that, but people just independently, really creating cool stuff and taking an existing art. They could take a piece they did and now go in there and edit and do changes like that. And that that's what's exciting is that is it when you see artists and people who are creative embrace this tool and then surprise the creators of something that you know they didn't think about doing.
0: So right now, this is in beta. How can yeah, people play can, around with this?
1: go sign up if you want to sign up we have a wait list and we at open ai that we do things in stages and part of it is is that our goal is to develop beneficial ai and that is ai that's going to benefit humanity which means that we don't take everything we can do and rush out to you know commercialize it uh because we're doing really advanced stuff and we want to take the time to evaluate how it's being used and you have an image generation system and people are worried about deep fakes and that's that's yeah. a thing that we we have not to sound arrogant but every every hot take every what if every disaster scary scenario that you probably hear externally we debated this internally. it's not like we're all we all agree and go let's just do it this way we're like what about this what about this so there's a really healthy debate internally about how do you how do you implement this stuff and one of the things that we do is we do things in stages and we start with a small group let people experiment try it you know going back to gpt2 the first text generator, because like gpt2 like when that first came out, like open eyes, like this may be too dangerous to release. We don't know, and other people yeah. are like, what do you mean? How could that be dangerous? And it's like, well, there are different points of view on that, and you know, so we're going to do this in stages. So we're going to be basically rolling out access as we understand the capabilities more. Um, goal, you know, like it would be wonderful to just make this as widely available as possible. Um, but you know, we we the more feedback we get, the better we can do that.
2: And you think about. Um... Uh, I don't know, it, like it, it, in terms of like, I don't know, the idea of there being backlash against this. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are typewriter companies who did not like the idea of word processors or computers. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, it is a tool, right? You're, you're giving a tool for people who may not be able to make, create, photograph, scan, render, what have you. Um, you're creating a way for them to approach general technology, uh, and say, Hey, if I could come up with an idea in my head, how do I get it visible? How do I get it viewable mm-hmm. to other people? And sometimes that means you make a teddy bear and you take photographs and you find 1990s computer parts and you figure all out stuff out. Or maybe one day you could just say to the computer, Hey, show me some you teddy mean, bears. Give me photo. this image. Yeah. And yeah. That's, 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 that's really remarkable because it, it, it almost sounds outlandish, but with how much technology has evolved over the past de- decade, it is uh, incredibly – it sounds incredibly plausible and very, very close.
1: I, yeah, I think that the – things are always going to be disruptive. You can't have a technology that ha- improves something with an order of magnitude and efficiency or whatever without it disrupting something else and you know justin and i went through this when we had a magic publishing business and then as the cost of doing video or distributing video freely online plummeted we watched our video sales decline because basically piracy became a big rampant thing and 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 piracy destroyed a big part of like the magic video sales industry for me and and i could have said ah, this sucks, but I'm going to, I'm going to stand out there and tell everybody this is wrong and we shouldn't do this. But I'm like that innovation of video online created things like YouTube and stuff. And I think it increased the availability of human knowledge. And personally, I was affected. I was impacted by it, it, But then I moved into a new space and embraced this to figure out a way to do it. And that's not an easy thing to say to people. You're like, ah, just suck it up and then do the new thing. I think if you're really skilled and you have a really, really capable artist, you're, you're there's going to be a way in which your skills are going to be magnified, not not minimized by this. Because, mm. you know, the word processor, people worry that the word processor, you talk about that, was going to affect everybody who's going to become a writer. Well, here we have a tool, and I can tell you, that I can tell the difference between somebody who knows what they're doing and somebody who doesn't when they want to create an image. And when they're trying to, sometimes you happenstance, you happen upon a really lucky image. Other times, you know, there's that. And so...
2: And, um, I don't know, imagine this paradigm of... You know, art creation, right? Um, or, or a, in terms of using this as a tool or as something for accessibility, you could use this. Uh, you you could find a way to 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 write the story of this of someone who has difficulty w- with 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 visual thinking or, uh, or has um, a, a Fantasia or so is is unable to to really mentally process or uh, store, create, synthesize images. But if they have an idea for something, you could take someone who has who has difficulty with creating visual images, plug it into this device, and then paint over it. Use that as inspiration. Use that as a starting block, and you could put you could open up the visual art world to people who are not visu- who are visually um, impaired and mm-hmm. like that's what's
1: what Yeah, that's stunning. Yeah, it's one of the areas we're looking into now is that you know assistive using as an assistive technology for people that that you know maybe physically or some other lim- way are limited to do that i i see the end 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 goal end game for something like this is that we we use as the amount of information we are presented with has increased we've looked for we we use compression in ways we don't think about it but we use things like an emoji you know, if somebody does something you like or whatever and you want to show appreciation, Slack is like a, an emoji delivery mechanism, as far as I'm concerned. Cause it's like, yeah, most of the communication, if you look at the actual number of things said in, like my company Slack versus the things said through emoji, emoji, far more emoji communication than this. Somebody says a thing, then, okay, I recognize, I acknowledge this. Uh, memes, memes, gifs, and memes are really effective ways to communicate stuff. The, the challenge with emojis and memes, like any other sort of predetermined, uh, Alphabet or, your know, library inventory of things to communicate is they're not yours. And now with a technology like this, I would love for this to be built into things like your keyboard where, you know, you could say, hey, communicate a thing or what you want or describe things to a friends or share a moment. And just effortlessly just communicate back and forth through these things. I think that would be wonderful.
0: Uh, I also think really the the next level promise for stuff like this, and I've I've long thought that people training their own AIs and 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 taking this technology to a a level where you are are using it kind of on a more personal level is just fascinating to me. Like like an artist mm-hmm. that is able to visualize certain things that either so they can retouch them and make them exactly how they want or. Uh, uh, to just take their own work and be able to iterate on it within this framework is a game changer in, in a way that I think was, was not previously thought possible. Uh, we, we did have a question in, in the, um, chat that, I that I am curious about, uh, are there copyright restrictions? So if somebody has, has access to this or, or, or do you own the things that you make through Dolly too?
1: So right now, the way we're doing it, because it's just we're literally literally in the exploratory phase and it's used through our labs uh, front end is it's we're like not it's not for commercial right now. You know, so we we have we encourage people and they create stuff to share it with attribution, whatever, to circulate, show their friends. We're not not allowing right now, like NFT creation or anything else like that. And not that we're against any of that. It's not a matter of being against any of that at all. It's just at this stage is, you know, we're trying to look at the impact, we're trying to figure out the utility and whatnot. And so it's sort of step by step trying to work things through. So that is the way I'd say things like this is not a, oh, we're against this. No, we're not. Like we're, we are, our DNA is we're a resource org. And so we have to start from a research point of view and then figure out, okay, if we do this, then what are the implications there? Then if we do this, what do we do there? We, we, we want to get this, you know, most of us want to get this in the hands of as many people as possible as we can Mm -hmm. and let this be part of what people do. But. And it,
2: and it makes sense why you would be cautious about that because uh I could imagine uh not not knowing anything about how any of this works. Uh that it's kind of a Pandora's box situation a little bit of hey, once we once someone starts training one of these models on copyrighted material, screen captures, gifs, things you know things where it's not just synthesizing things based on public domain or open, openly available yeah. imagery. Uh, it's going to be very weird. It's going to be is someone a company is going to have to explain why uh, different angles of Chris Rock being slapped by Will Smith is being generated by their by their yeah. machine, and someone's going to have questions about what that means. Also, Andrew, yeah. could
0: you generate Pandora's box in the style of Norman Rockwell and just send it to Bryce? <laughs> uh,
1: maybe I could. Um, <laughs> so, the, uh, yeah, it, it's, there's, there's the expression was, I don't know, was it um, William Gibson who said, the future's already here, but it's unevenly distributed. And part of what that is, is there's you know, there's this awareness of like deep fakes and stuff, but other people don't know. Other people don't know how far ahead this is. And I've seen this where there was a thing that came out of you know the worry of you know the the war in Ukraine about like deep fakes affecting things. And I've had some people like, ah, oh, look at this get go look at this deep fake video of you know Zelensky you know saying that he surrenders. And I'm like, yeah, and I will show you that same tool used two years ago. To to replace Putin's face with Novani, his his uh, his would be rival for the head of mm-hmm. Russia, who's been currently put in jail by Putin. Um, you and, know, and that's a, And like a two year old, and that was white propaganda, so to speak. And so that's all. That's to me. I look at that like, oh, that that those horses left the barn and they involved into Pegasus and they flew away. Yeah, Th- that's to. But to other people, that they're not there, and other people, you know, people like. Right maybe see this and think that it's real and everybody everybody i know is skeptical on guzzles and like we know that people can watch a video and not believe that it's true it's just reinforces what you already think and how you use it and i'd say that i i'm kind of like maybe we just need to kind of just od on fake images so then we get to the point where we're like oh yeah everything's probably bs so i'll just move right along
2: i mean a lot of the misinformation that was happening around or is happening around ukraine is like People taking footage from other wars or from video games. Oh, yeah. Like, we don't even need deep fakes to be spreading and, Yeah, you, and, and, and by the way, uh, not new in the history of
0: war <laughs> and the startings uh-huh. of war. Uh, uh, the worst place for any kind of information to come out of is war reporting. Like it is, it is fame and has been famously, famously uh, un- un- unreliable. So the fact that there are new tools to make it more unreliable is only exacerbating an issue that's been there forever. Yeah. Let's see if I can show Here we go. You. Come on. Uh, 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 I'll tell you what <laughs> I, I love, love, love this, this tool. And I have found the conversation around it. So, so, so interesting. Uh, uh, the, the, The visceral reaction that I saw from it, both in terms of people being very excited uh, and and not in a way that's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, like, oh, this is a cool proof of concept. Like this was an AI uh, uh, application that I think really, really, really spoke to people on a level that uh, uh, has has not before, and that's what I love about OpenAI is is you guys are really, really, really dedicated to finding that that gulf, like like finding out where people can kind of understand it. Because once you do this, that's that's the soup to nuts experience. Like like the only thing that is that is left to explore is how did this get here? Oh, okay. Now that I understand both what my input was and what this output was. It gives people a framework to understand what the training is, the framework to understand how and why this works and not just AI being, you know, how or, or you know, some sort of uh, uh, some sort of thing. Yeah. Did I, we get it?
2: I just got an email from one Andrew Main, uh, and I believe these are 10 images of Pandora's box in the style of Norman Rockwell. Oh, my God. This wow. is amazing. And they are all they look like uh uh, a you know, Disney one here, but yeah, a, wow, and it's like Pandora's box is like a cultural idea. It's got a bunch of different visions of what that looks like, what that not just what that object is, but what that event and story it's describing. And there's, you know, there's, but some- it's
0: all consequential. That's the thing is that each and every one of them has a sense of drama uh, uh or or suspense to
2: it which is uh which is just amazing like look at this one at the bottom left like this if you told me this was like a classic painting like an impressionist painting or something i would i i would have believed you
1: ah, wow it's incredible and i can run that again and it'll generate 10 more images that are going to be equally as impressive and equally Gosh. impressive and and the exciting thing is that like you know we at OpenAI, like, we know, we're like, this cool, we also know where, and you read the paper, you can see like, here's some limitations, but understanding that we'll probably know how to solve for those and be able to improve upon it, and it's, it's a, I, when GPT-2 came out, GPT-2, I talked about that years ago, I was, and I'm going to make my plea, by the way, here to everybody who's thinking about or interested in AI, GPT-2 came out years ago, I I think I just started programming. I think I just started to learn Ruby. And I was so fascinated by the idea of... A, and I'd played with simpler systems that generated text and they just weren't that good because they're just trying to predict the next character or whatever, maybe the next word. And the idea behind Transformers, which is the same thing that's used here, is it tries to sort of look further ahead to sort of see if this thing makes the best sense instead of just going one by one. Because you might say, oh, this next stroke doesn't really as a low probability. But if you put this other stroke way further out, then it increases the likelihood of it. So I remember going through GPT-2, OpenAI had published all of, they published a bunch of text that it had generated. And we read them here about the unicorns and the the, the unicorns, the Andes. I went to GitHub where they had hundreds of examples. And I read through every single example, trying to wrap my head around the way this thing worked. And I started to get a sense of like, oh, okay, I think I know better when I read the paper when they talk about this now because I can see it as a thing. I have an idea of what this effect was. So when they came out with GPT-3 and I got asked to be one of the people to 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 beta test that, I was excited because I came to it with having been obsessed about GPT two and what it could do. And that's when, you know, my you know, my Working relationship with OpenAI started because I was able to say, "Hey, I coming from a writing point of view, and somebody's obsessive about this. You know, I think I think I may have some different insight onto this. It might be helpful here to sort of think about capabilities and stuff, whatever." And ergo, today I'm the science communicator for OpenAI. GPT three, um, GPT two, that spoke to me. That spoke to me because I understood, I could see it trying to infer logic and do stuff like that. Then we came out with Codex, which was only not that many months ago. And I think for a lot of people who were in tech, but who really didn't know a lot about machine learning or AI or were skeptical of the potential, all of a sudden you had this tool that now is built into, you can add as a plug into VS Code, that's contributing, you know, last reported account was like 30% of all new code in the major languages was generated with the assistance of this AI we created. Wow. And that spoke to a lot of people. Now this image generation has spoken to another group of people who all of a sudden look at this and go, Oh, this is what AI can do. Yeah. And that's the thing is I think that we're we're slowly but surely showing people this is the potential for this. This Uh, is the potential for this. And and
0: let let me let me just say one more thing about Dali too. If you have seen AI generated imagery, one of the things that I think has become sort of synonymous with it are a lot of kind of like half-faded blurry like almost like kind of things where it's not even like impressionistic in the way that you would think of a painting but but kind of things that are sort of put together in a weird way what makes dolly two stand out is that these are strong lines like these yeah. are very strong striking images in in a way that i've never seen ai generate and certainly not in the kind of fidelity that that it that it does so kind of
2: effortlessly yeah I, you can see a little more of that when it like tries to recreate like painting and illustrations where that type of variance is more natural but yeah in, especially in the real photorealistic sort of generation like it looks very clean there's a lot uh there's there's a good amount of detail and sharpness that looks outside of that dithering effect
1: yeah, and we're past the way back when we were working on Dolly and or before or an early version of that, and I was looking at the outputs and I asked the head of the team because it still had that sort of weird sort of wispy sort of like thing from AI, which is very common with people who suffer from certain kinds of like, uh, you know, brain disorders and stuff, which is weird because it feels like certain neurons restrict, you know, firing or whatever in a different pattern. And asked, like, is this going to go away? And he was like, it should in the next training session. And it went away. Wow. And that, wow. Was, that was the moment where I felt like we kind of were starting to reach takeoff because the, the models got past that, so were able to, able to do higher resolution. And really, like, if, if some people say, ah, oh, there's a limitation here or whatever, like, yeah, there is, like, probably already know how to solve for that. It's basically how we train for that and do whatever. Assuming. Could be, you know, maybe not. Yeah. And some, some things you might go, ah, oh, I didn't do this as well. That might be by design. Mm, mm, mm. You know, for certain reasons. But anyhow, uh, it's been exciting. I've been so lucky to have a front row seat to watch Uh, these incredible people work on this. And so my my plea to everybody else out there is if you're inclined, you think AI or machine learning is interesting, study, learn more about it. It's going to need people from wider fields. You know, you might say, well, I've been working, you know, I'm a police officer. What could I do? Well, we're going to need people who understand policing and understand law enforcement, understand that, you know, maybe you're an attorney and you understand the rights of individuals and stuff where you're using these tools for a lot of places. You need people who have expertise about this to provide guidance and to help shape it. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a thing that the AI is going to affect everybody and it shouldn't be limited to just people with extensive machine learning backgrounds. The only ones to decide how it's going to impact society, other people coming in and offering points of view and understanding how to test it or figure out its value. It's critical. Absolutely critical.
0: Yeah. Well, Amazing.
1: Gentlemen, do you want to do picks?
2: Yeah. yeah. I a pick. um, go ahead. Uh, nice. I uh, finished, finished watching this last week or maybe the week before. And I, uh, I was, I was pretty regularly taken aback by it because uh, it, uh it kept surprise it, 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 hmm. so my my pick is <laughs> is the Adi Shankar uh show the Guardians of Justice on Netflix um it is a uh it is a mini series so it's like one season and they kind of have it set where it probably won't do another um but it's 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 um okay so Adi Shankar has made like a bunch of online videos where like oh it's the punisher but it's like Realistic looking action and yeah, uh, you know a lot of visual effects stuff.
0: He did he did, he does movie level short films that that oftentimes, especially in the world of comic books, like he did a Punisher short where they had Tom Jane who played Punisher in the movies. But now he was doing kind of something that was a little bit more uh, certainly fan service in terms of what you would want from from a Punisher movie compared to the ones that he was starting.
2: Yeah, and so what you have here in the Guardians of Justice is clearly like a Justice League knockoff ensemble of superheroes. Um, And uh, it is a mixed media mystery um, show. So it is like part live action, but part animated part uh, cartoon illustrated claymation miniatures. Um, It all really kind of flows in and out of these different aesthetics Pretty, pretty, pretty smoothly or effortlessly it feels mm-hmm. like, um, and it tells a a an interesting kind of gory uh, uh, mystery story. Basically, the idea is: that, Hey, what if uh, in a world of superheroes, uh, Superman was the first superhero and he was an alien, and he showed up during World War III and he stopped mecha Hitler. Uh, okay, and then and then what happens the next sixty years as we move into the modern day? Um, and then what happens when that Superman goes away, um, and why, um, it's interesting. It is, uh, uh, starring, uh, in the main role as Nighthawk, uh, one, uh, Diamond Dallas Page <laughs> as a grizzled, uh, too old for this S word, uh, Batman style character called Nighthawk. And, That's uh, amazing. uh, he, he's exactly right for the role of a grizzled. It, he's good. Yeah. Um that's interesting. Uh and it's and the whole show is very wrestling. It's a lot of like flash and very quick uh quick you know quick edits, quick changes um and I I don't know. I I kind of dug it as just a dumb sort of visual effects and a superhero idea. I don't know. I, I I think you would like it specifically, Justin. I yeah. I, I'm I'm fascinated
0: uh, uh, as a wrestling fan. I'm well well aware of DDP. I I never considered him a uh, uh, you know much of much of an acting range kind of guy. Uh, but yeah. but I'm I'm fascinated to see it.
2: Yeah, and it's it's not a lot of range. Is is a, a pretty specific character. Sure. But, yeah, yeah but, yeah. but I
0: mean, more than. I've, playing ddp who is by and large yeah especially these days a
2: bit of a sunny uh, a sunny figure uh uh, but yeah Um, fascinating but yeah it's it's cool it's very bombastic all of the music is that kind of like synth wave yeah um and so it's it's neat it's neat uh, a lot of uh, Andy Milanakis Andy Milanakis plays like the Jimmy Fallon the New Age Jimmy Fallon of Twitch on in this world and so he pops up a lot too anyway That's great Guardians of Justice is how long Netflix. is it it's a uh, seven half hour episode oh so it's a quick so it's pretty quick you can too. you can rip through it yeah and I would recommend that you do it's not. <laughs> Don't stay there. Don't stay. Just run because it's worthwhile, but buzz right through town. Really get in and out of it. Because the novelty of all the mixed media stuff is very cool. It's very interesting. You can tell that they are really able to elevate it beyond what you would get if you were just doing live action or just doing animated. Um, And I think if you compare it to something like The Boys or like Invincible, which are both mature superhero shows. Yeah. um, This is both... In between the middle of them, and then also very different because of that.
0: So. Yeah, this seems uh uh pretty BSI.
2: B BSI. B- big bat, big stuff bat, incorporated. Boop. Insane. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: cool. Hey, uh, speaking of things that are pretty wacky, uh, st- uh, i was making my way through Raised by Wolves. Ooh, uh, what, what, where, how far in are you? I believe we have like three or four episodes to go. Of season two? Of season two. Ah. And I will say, and I mean this as both a compliment and a uh, uh, soft criticism, because I'm not at the end, so I don't know how everything ends, right? But it reminds me a little bit of Lost. And I, and by and large, it is the positive elements where every five steps, boy, do we see something that is fascinating about this place that we don't know a lot about. And, uh, uh, at times a little frustrating in that characters that could tell other characters about these fascinating things don't immediately tell the other characters, but then again, Nobody asks. I'm, I'm on. And nobody asks even. I'm, 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 I'm not to the end, so uh, I, will, I will see how it goes. But by and large, I've really loved it. I've really, really loved really? it oh, in, cool. in, that, in that it's always ahead of the audience. It, it, it's one of those things where just when you kind of think, oh, okay, well, this is the conflict of this season. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that, that uh, everything's going to wrap around it kind of moves on. It resolves. And now we have another thing. And so the thing that I thought was a tentpole for it is now gone. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I like that. And that is very unlost. Like in that when, when, when loss showed you a, a, a glowing uh, a thing, you were like, okay, well then I guess we'll find out the answer to that in 50 episodes.
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know, like for, for we we had a lot of criticisms of raised by wolves. In fact, I think we ended it, we ended covering it on spoiler in time, saying that we probably wouldn't pick it up for season three. Uh, but a lot of stuff happens, I, uh, you know. I mean, it's I, not like nothing happens.
1: I thoroughly really enjoyed it. I, I, I like to the Lost point. It would imagine if everything on Lost had a t- coherent, cohesive reason, and not let's just put a thing in there so you tune in next week, and then we hope you forget about it because we don't really know where it goes. There is. Clearly, to me, a narrative in Raised by Wolves, there's a story of what happened in the aftermath of this, which they're moving towards. So I enjoyed that. Like I enjoyed the fact that, like, I go like, oh, because like I had my theories in the first season, and they've been confirmed in the second season about this. But it's not for everybody. You know, other people tune out. But like, I feel like I'm surprised that you guys, Bryce, because you guys have patience for stuff that I go, I can't even see how you could see your way through it. Where this, like, I'm like, like, cool. I'm in.
0: Uh, yeah, to it. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I do think that, that yeah. the the themes here are far more coherent. I mean, I still don't know exactly what Vost was ultimately about, except for a writers' room that clearly had daddy issues. Uh, uh, other than, uh, other than that, the big picture issues, I, I don't think were ever really fully f- fleshed out. Where it's like here, it is at times, you know, almost flashing too brightly the idea of you know what is god what is man what is belief what is you know uh, uh these are explored in very interesting ways that involve flying snakes and and
1: uh, uh ais <laughs> and like with yeah. lost it was like oh there's a four-toed statue what's that like don't worry about that no that's the most interesting thing that's happened this entire season yeah and you, you oh, go another dad. You're know, Like Jack didn't really resolve his issues with his father, and we're. G- I'm like, really? Yeah. Like that's that's where you want to go instead of giving us some deep narrative that connects us through time. And like, imagine there's a box, and I get you anything you want out of this box. Okay, well that was just a metaphor, guys. Yeah. Why mm. are you so obsessed with it? Like, because that was more interesting. We're here. I'm like this to me, like, I don't know, yeah. but
2: yeah, I mean, like there are not. If if you wanted to do a lost style show like Raised by Wolf season one, uh it would be hard to imagine doing season two um immediately after it. Like you do to, to change so much uh I, I actually feel season two is far more lost-like to me than
0: than season one was. Oh, season yeah. season one, I think, was a little bit more of a spare meditation, uh, where this it's like every episode there is new like yeah, uh, you know the the first one was exploring, I think, who was on the planet, and this is exploring the planet in a way that you know uh, certainly the end of season one certainly hinted at, and this one I don't know. Mm. I, I like everything that's happening. I really really like. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I, I am only expressing the lost thing in that there were are a few moments where something crazy happens, and then the characters will talk to each other, and it won't be like the craziest <laughs> stuff in the world <laughs> literally just happened to me. But then again, you're also mixing in ai and and robots and everything so there is a little bit more of a a thing other than law so there we go raised by wolf season two i like it so far
1: i'm gonna do two picks because uh i feel entitled uh first is i watched the season finale of severance Ooh, and like? one of my top top five best shows of the year so far um you know peacemakers probably my favorite show this year Severance, I love, I love, I got, I stopped reading science fiction because science fiction got to be very derivative and there wasn't a lot of fresh ideas in science fiction, was my opinion. It wasn't like its period of like the 50s and 60s and stuff where you could just pick up a new paperback or new, there, well, I couldn't pick up a new paperback then, but I have old paperbacks from then and be like, oh, cool, space elevators, oh, cool, a ring world, oh, cool, this, and science fiction of late just is like so... There aren't any new ideas to me like i just i haven't people oh you should check out this like oh that's cool and there's a rare but there's there are occasionally but just not the pace severance took a concept which has been in science fiction you know the idea there's a lot of science fiction stories about you know what if you create an ai version of your consciousness and it's trapped inside of a different environment like that's probably like half of all black mirror episodes but here they did it in a very different way. They did Severance does it in this different way with the idea of you put a chip in your head and then you go to work and you don't know, you have no concept of what's at work and that person has its own life at work, which is fascinating. And you look at the how that world is built for those people around there because everything they know is basically inside their office from their religions to all the stuff. And that's a fascinating ground to explore. It really is. And I think the characters are great and... You know, I had kind of predictions about like how I thought where this was going to land and I was going to be perfectly happy if it landed there and it landed where I thought it was going to be. Um have you guys been watching it? Uh, I have not yet,
0: but but I will I will uh, it has just been a particularly busy couple weeks. Yeah. I will
1: uh, I there is there is a I've watched two people like oh, Severance explained thing. That have completely missed on a very very important detail, a very very huge detail, which, uh, I it, it mm. I want to say it. Can I? S-
0: uh, Re- I mean, now you'd be spoiling it. For a moment. <laughs> well,
1: wait, wait it's I, not not revealed. It's not revealed in the the season finale. It's just a little point that I want to make. Want to uh,
2: hear? I've seen the show, so I I I don't care. I
1: all right. Um, so you know these people, they go into the severed state, they go in there, and then they go back into the normal world.
2: hmm
1: We have no idea where this place is. They live in a city named Kier. They live in a city named Kier. The maps say Kier. And if you look anytime there's an address, like the last time we saw an address, the state was PE. What state is P E?
2: Uh yeah, I don't The know license that
1: plates. Did. The license plates don't match any state license plate. They got the same image of Kier on the license plate.
2: Well, and they You know, they mention in the first episode and not really much more afterwards that like Mark uh, lives in corporate housing. So how does that work if you're supposed to stay? If you're supposed to not know who you work with? Anyway, this is well, yeah, this is now we're just having.
1: But but a point. My point is like that's my minor. But like like literally, like they they mentioned like in the episode they mentioned somebody mentions New York, but literally the world in, the normal the quote normal world. Like I again, I've been watching these. Ah, oh, we're gonna explain. It's like cool. When anybody explaining by the fact that the license plate don't belong to any state, and when we do see an address, it's not a real state. I'm like, this is like, I think there's more going on here than anybody's acknowledging. <laughs> so, oh sure, it's yeah. subtle. It's subtle, and it could just it could just be BS, just filler for later on. But I feel like a very Truman Show kind of thing. Yeah. Uh What was your other pick? so? My other pick is the book, I just finished this, I really enjoyed it, and it is Moonwalking with Einstein, and this is a book about memory, and it's been consistently a bestseller by Josh Four. He, I mentioned this before, he was writing an article for, I think it was Slate or Salon years ago, where he went to the U.S. Memory Championship and expected to meet a bunch of savants and people who are just so different and whatnot. And they're all normal people. They're like, no, I'm just a normal dude with a bad memory who decided to learn memory tricks, and now I'm at the U.S. Memory Championship. And then he talked to he talked to like people from like the international ones and like, yeah, the you know, and he talked to some people who did the international memory championships, and they're like, Yeah, you know, Josh, you could win a US one. It's not that competitive. And he's like, ha ha, ha that'd be funny. And then he's like, Well, that'd be kind of a neat story if I train for it. So Josh Four decided to train for the U.S. Memory Championship, starts one year before. And then he trains over this period, and all along the way, he studies memory. He talks to people who've lost their memory. He meets Kim Peek, the basis for Rain Man. Uh, he meets another personality, who I won't name, whos another who's been presented as a savant, who was born this way. And Josh does a very good job of saying, I think this guy is just another memory expert, but running a scam. Wow! And oh. Points this out when you read it. It's like you're like, holy cow! Like I believe you're right because he's like, I told this person like they said they were, they had a seizure and they had these th- these powers and they tell people this. Yet here, this person in 2001, whatever, was selling a memory course. Yet claims they never do these methods, and then uh. you know they're on the memory board. So uh, that was, and I'm reading this, I'm like, and this person has been tested by top memory experts. And I'm like, mm. having worked for James Randi and mm-hmm. seeing what happens when people don't realize they're in the presence of somebody cheating them. I'm like, and, and like then and there's a, like you read the Wikipedia and they were like, oh, this person says, oh, like he should have focused on this or whatever. I'm like, I think there's something here i uh you know and and Josh, I think was extremely compassionate to this person and he was hesitant to put them in there, but just this this person would say that like oh, I see color, I see number the number nine twenty two is this 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 and Josh would meet with him again like how do you describe nine twenty two and he'd say this, and it was a different time every time he had a different explanation for it and Josh was like and he showed memory athletes just like oh yeah he's this is this is a memory athlete like watch him doing this lightning calculation and they see him moving his ring across the table like yeah, that's how you keep your count. This person may be a natural savant, but the book does a pretty good job of saying, and to Josh's point, like, which is more remarkable, that this guy was born by some weird fate, you know, has a brain or had some accent that's a fate that that acquired these abilities, or that anybody, that he's proof that anybody can do this. You know, he did it for a documentary. He went to another country and learned a very difficult to learn language in like two weeks. And to me, the much more interesting story would be the fact that this guy just has trained himself so well to do this, but it was anyhow. uh, And it's not like, it's not like psychic stuff where they can't do it. Like he can do it, but so can other people. So I love that part of it. The end of the book, Joshua goes to the American, the United States memory championship and he wins. Damn. And he sets the record and then he goes to Europe and he, he places much lower respectable but doesn't realize like the european level of champion. but he's like because the european was like you could train you could do well here he's like i'm good i'm good you know i'm good for this so it goes in
2: what's that is it more of a biography or would people reading this expect to learn you would of, learn. You of, would
1: learn the techniques. You would expl- you would understand the techniques. It's a great entry point to these techniques. There's things like master system, person, action, object, memory palaces. These things are all explained in there. So it's a very good introduction to the topic of memory. So uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was skeptical going into it because it had one of those sort of silly, you know, a head, uh, you know, title, a title meant for the, you know, some editor at some publishing house to get excited about. But then I read it, and he's a really good writer and he's done a number of talks about it and i think he's very pragmatic about it and i think very very fair to his subjects so uh and again the fact that the story is and then hey eh, then he wins the championship is just mm, neat. great ending
2: so, that's great yeah yeah
1: what a what a way to do it so really good participatory journalism so uh and it's funny cuz he shows up there at the memory championships and somebody's like oh it's like uh you know imagine being a guy who like a sportscaster, somebody like this, that all of a sudden decides you're going to have to play against LeBron James. Like he's hearing these people like criticize him and then, and then he goes through and it ranks and then he sits down to sets like the U S record for memorizing a deck of cards and stuff. And then they're like, they're like shutting up. So, um,
2: moonwalking with Einstein. Very cool.
1: And, uh, you do learn like, yeah, these, these, you know, I think I mentioned a while back, like started reading some other stuff on this and then like now, like I can't get I have all, I have like the top 50 most populous countries stuck in my head, can't get it out. They can just, <laughs> they built that IHOP mental palace. It's firm. It's firm. Like I don't even bother testing myself now. Like a week will go by and I'll be like, well do I st-? I'm like, yeah, they're there. So I mean, these I- things are n- interesting.
2: International house never falls.
1: Gentlemen. Yep. It's been weird. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>